one of the reasons why I got into the sound baths and fell in love with them is how effective they are to deliver us into a predominant theta wavelength state. This is the place where our bodies think it's going to be asleep for eight to 10 hours. So it kickstarts all the re restoration, the endocrine system, um, because it thinks it's going to be asleep and it knows it needs to restore for the next day. So uh, one hour of a sound bath is like three to four hours of sleep at night, according to the body. Welcome to the Vitality Vortex. I'm your host, Jenny Alma-Rose, and each week we bring in experts in their field to help guide you on your journey to physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Reach higher states of consciousness and live your deepest desires as you tune in and attune to embodiment practices such as mindfulness, meditation, movement, and nourishment. We believe that by taking the time to nurture ourselves, we can become more connected to who we are and the world around us. And by doing this, we can create a supportive community that helps us grow and heal and ultimately make the world a better place. Today on the podcast, we are very happy to have with us Kevin Kraft. Kevin is the sounder and founder of Soundshala, a unique mindfulness curriculum combining music, breath, Kriya movement, and meditation to help achieve the mindful benefits of a sound yoga practice. This is evident in the soundscape of voice, gongs, crystal and Tibetan bowls, drums, and other instruments that help us relax and release deeply into balance. Kevin is a children's book author, he's a yoga teacher and a musician, and is dedicated to using the power of sound to help people open up to their most authentic nature. Kevin, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. So excited to have you on this call today. And as many people don't know, but I actually have become also a sound healer and I've learned I've been under your mentorship and your leadership and have learned so much from you. And now I'm excited to host you on this call so that we can even go in a lot deeper into the benefits of sound healing, how you got started, how you kind of came into this practice and learn more about your story. Mm, thank you so much, Jenny. Yeah, it's, uh, I know we've been talking about this for a while, so yeah. it's really great to be here. Yeah, super excited to have you. Thank you. So I let's just start there. How did you get involved in sound healing? How was it a thing that you said, you know, I love this? Did you have an experience? Um, how did you get into understanding the benefits of it and wanting to provide it to this beautiful community that you've built? Yeah, thank you so much. It really started off with a with a physical back injury that, mm. got, like so many people, got me into the world of, of yoga. I had a couple herniated discs, and I tried everything from physical therapy. I had the epidural shots in my spine, and my quality of life was severely compromised. And I'm like, what? I'll try anything. And I received um, from a friend a... a a VHS tape, uh, Back Hair for Yoga. It was a Rodney Yee. Okay, wait, how long ago was this? This, <laughs> this was 2004. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right? When we yeah. still had yeah. VCRs. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, I think we had Blu-ray um, mm -hmm. at that time, but people still had VHS and yeah. VX. Um, so it was, a tw it was like a 20-minute Back Hair Yoga series. And within like 7 to 10 days, my pain went from like a 9 down to a 2. And I said, there's something really special about what yoga is and what it does. Mm -hmm. And of course, I got into the physical aspect. It just helped me lift my spine up. 
Um, but that led to yoga philosophy, which introduced all these really cosmic concepts, which led me into mantra, which led me into music. And it really, every single year has been a different layer added onto this journey. And I just can't wait to see what, what comes next. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I, that's one of the things, yes, with yoga is that it's, it's like opening Pandora's box, you know, it just kind of, there's this evolution to it that once you start diving in, there's another layer or another piece of it to learn and, you know, all adding on to the foundation of what a lot of people come into yoga for, I believe is, is at least here in the Western world is the physical aspect. That's mm -hmm. how they're sort of introduced to it, but it goes so much beyond, uh, beyond the physical, right? And such a wormhole. It is <laughs> such a wormhole. And, you know, we're we're so lucky with access to information like mm -hmm. we can really access really anything that we want uh and if you look at the world's spiritual sciences um what exists in terms of millennium of documentation and teachings and lineage uh i don't think there's anything more complete than what yoga provides um i love looking at um what the mayan history teaches us uh but that was that's been like 98 99 percent decimated mm -hmm. all the the spiritual documents and records and and rituals so much of that has been lost um and so much even in yoga has been lost too but um even with what has been obliterated there's still so much um as a reference point to our human experience in relation to who we are in the, the cosmos yeah Absolutely. So when you began to heal from this, from your back injury, you decided that this was something that you wanted to look into further. And as you mentioned, adding bit by bit, as you've progressed throughout this journey, has led you ultimately to this place where you are now. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just let our viewers, our listeners meet us at that place where you are now in your journey, which mm -hmm. is you have built a beautiful community. Um, we're here in Bend, Oregon. You service people on a weekly basis, um, sometimes more than once on a weekly basis. You do monthly events. You're um, also expanding out other than just leading groups, but also into different community like schools and mm -hmm. could you expand a little bit on that on how you've you've what you've what you where you are in your journey what you're doing in this community and how you're seeing benefits that people are receiving your offerings mm -hmm. yeah thank you what a what a rich question um well it was so it was about four years after this initial back injury that i went to a, a krishna das concert and if you're not familiar with krishna das he's probably one of the the better known um kirtan artists he's a new yorker he's american um, and he's done an amazing job of of introducing devotional music kirtan music in sanskrit to to the world um and i went to one of his concerts in 2008 and I had an experience where uh, I tasted something in the air. Uh, this, there was like two to 3,000 people in this concert hall, and there was something sweet. It was palpable. It was, it was alive, and it was intoxicating. And I hadn't had a lot of experience with devotional music. I uh, didn't grow up going to church. And 
I experienced something and it was a, an aha moment. It's like, whatever this is, I want to learn more about what this is. And I'm pretty sure I want to offer it to my community, to the world. So fast forward, uh, gosh, if that was 2008, 15 years ago, um, to now with the realization that like, I would say everyone is open to sound, mm -hmm. you know, sound is one of these powerful energetic forces that we infuse with our lives daily, if not continuously. And, uh, along this journey, I've, I've come to the realization that gosh, music is so accessible, especially with technology. What happens to our lives, to our state of being consciousness, if we can fine tune this to introduce the sacred, find what sacred sound means mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of that is just creating the container uh, and being intentional about how sound is used. Um, but there are so many, so many tools, especially within the world of, of yoga and the world of sound healing that really make this accessible, regardless of what you believe. You know, I think everyone really believes that they have a mind that they have a hard time controlling mm -hmm. or a hard time balancing. You don't have to believe a certain way. We're all human. The, the, the man and human is the mind. And how much do we let that define us? And how much can we seek to find balance by, in a, by being in a great relationship with it? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So let's circle back. I want to actually bring our listeners back into some of the things that you had with your aha moment. So for example, you had mentioned Kirtan mm. and the devotional there. Can we just have a quick definition of what Kirtan is? Mm, yeah, Kirtan is a, is a style of devotional music, typically in Sanskrit, although the style can be done in other languages. And the structure is it's a call and response. Mm -hmm. And typically it's a mantra or a or a song to a, uh, an aspect, a, a deity of frequency. And they're usually very simple in structure and repeated. So you can release the, the mind and fall into this, this intoxicating repetition of, of calling in divine attributes. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so many different, I think you had mentioned also music and sound, and there's just so many different um, ways that sound can touch us mantras as one getting into that meditative state and as you mentioned people feel that they're not able to meditate I get that all the time and mm -hmm. you know I'm just not a person that can meditate mm -hmm. but it's it's this you know it, it it's a practice mm -hmm. right it's a practice and that's just one of the tools that can help you get into that trance like state that mm -hmm. place where you're just allowing the thoughts to sort of pass through you and not focusing on them and helping to calm the, the state of your beingness, mm -hmm. right. And in, in its entirety. And, um, you mentioned also music, how just different frequencies, the effect that they have on us. And maybe we can touch a little bit on that, uh, going more into sound qualities and sound baths, for example, because we've got, we've got vo voice, and that's, that's one, the vibration that it can create in our body is one. Um, we've got instruments as well and the frequencies that we're receiving from a sound bath. But can you elaborate a little bit on a sound bath mm. and what one person might experience in the entirety of 
an hour or an hour and a half with you. Yeah, there's so many different ways to answer that question. (laughs) Uh, But I think the most accessible way is just to look at our brain waves and to understand what happens to our brain waves during a sound bath. Let's do it. Let's Um, talk about it. So um, we we have five types of brain waves, um, with the fastest being gamma, then going to beta, alpha, theta, and delta. Delta being deep sleep and the slowest, and gamma being the fastest. We won't talk so much about gamma um, because we spend most of our waking day in the beta state. We're active listening, active responding, doing, 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 doing. We have a lot to do, and our brain is so happy to do all of these things. Our body, our spirit, our sense of balance tires and gets wobbly if our brain is doing all the work. So what happens in our overworked, busy society is we spend so much time in beta. We work, 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 we go, 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 and then we crash at night. And so we quickly go into Delta, which is wonderful. It's restorative, it's deep sleep. We are taking care of ourselves. Um, the point I'd like to stress is being intentional about the time we spend in alpha and theta. And one of the reasons why I got into the sound baths and fell in love with them is how effective they are to deliver us into a predominant theta wavelength state. This is the place where our bodies think it's going to be asleep for eight to 10 hours. So it kickstarts all the restoration, the endocrine system, um, because it thinks it's going to be asleep and it knows it needs to restore for the next day. So uh, one hour of a sound bath is like three to four hours of sleep at night, according to the body. So by, by taking these, these, these instruments, using these instruments that help so much to quiet the mind, we can arrive in theta state and actually be in this really unique state between wakefulness and sleep. You know, it's, it's a really unique phenomenon to have the body completely relaxed and yet not be in deep sleep. Uh, and we couple this, um, this experience in a sound bath so people can be the witness. You know, how, how are the energies of the sound bath interacting with the energies of how you show up into this meditation? What, uh, what do you learn from the, from the colors, from the thoughts, from the twitches, from the openings, from the emotions that, that travel through us just based on the energetic qualities of the sound? Um, so I, I, it's, I like to think of it as like a, an inner laboratory where you get to see how these intentional sounds interact with, with where we're at. Right. And there's so much to, let's talk a little bit about that, about how sounds travel through the body, right? Because our body is made up of, you know, some will say 80% water, some say 70, some say up to 90, let's just say Mm, a large percentage of water water (laughs) Uh that's flowing through our body. Mm -hmm. So when these sounds come in, they're, they're flowing through us, Mm -hmm. right? And, um, helping helping us to as you mentioned release maybe stored energy stuck energy we will find our body maybe some i've seen some people have twitches i've had twitches myself and maybe we can talk a little bit about what's happening there with the Mm. body physically as the sound is being received Mm. yeah absolutely (laughs) so what what happens um is 
So we use something called Himalayan Kriya Yoga to prepare mm-hmm. the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's not very well known yet. It, it's been a kind of an, an ancient yoga science that has been underground um, for a long time. And the, the closest comparison would be Kundalini Yoga. Um, but it's an energy-based yoga, very different than needing to be strong or flexible. It's, um, I, I, I compare it to like working from the inside out. So using very intentional breath to open up our energetic meridians. So by looking at our energy body, our subtle body, we can, we can fine tune our awareness and feel where we're holding on to energy. Where is energy stagnated or stuck? Where are there entanglements in our energetic body? Um, and so these things that happen, these twitches, these cracks, these colors, these openings um, are the sounds working on these entanglements, on these stagnation stuck energy. And it's amazing when it um, opens up, because it opens up on the energetic level, but it's also really working on the mind. And when the mind can relax its grip, Mm -hmm. then the body can become a teacher. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there's so much, I think, after coming to a sound bath, you may find yourself even days after, right? Mm -hmm. Having aha moments within the mind, um, having maybe synchronistic events come into play in your life. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, these openings, and it's such a beautiful practice, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful tool to have as um, an embodiment practice to go to sound baths, to go to these healing modalities, adding in the Kriya Yoga to really help keep the body open Mm -hmm. and, and ultimately, you know, heal and move forward and evolve um, in that particular way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a couple uh, experiments on easily searchable on on Google. Um, The first one is, you know, uh, brain waves, and the gong path you know if you if you google that you can see through these um brain recordings how the brain lights up during mm-hmm. sound baths so um, we can see different areas being stimulated and so it really connects some dots like oh i'm actually stimulating new parts of the brain and i'm creating new neural pathways with my movement and awareness and that's what kriya means it's action plus awareness of the soul So by bringing a focal point to our body, a specific area and the intention of it, we can create a neural pathway and open up to the awareness of that, that area. Um, So that's really interesting. Type in brain waves and um, gong bath. The other one is um, type in gong bath in um, blood cells Mm -hmm. and before, and there's lots of these. Um, I have never hooked up anyone up to a blood test before a gong bath, but um, they've done all of these tests where they've looked at blood samples before a gong bath and then 20 minutes after. And it's fascinating. All the blood cells are kind of squished. They're stuck to each other. They're barely flowing in the bloodstream. And then uh, the video images after a gong bath, they are flowing. They're full. They're, they're alive. They're happy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why it's called a gong bath, right? It's the vibrations of these instruments that literally go through our body um, and vibrate ourselves to release stuck energy. Yeah. So, um, and this is like, no, so um, sound travels through air the slowest, 
right? It goes a lot faster through water. That's why you can hear whale sounds so incredibly well in the ocean. Um, when you get into solid structure like crystal glass, these metallic um, materials of the gongs and Tibetan bowls, um, bone, right? Where we have a much denser material and sound speed up even more. So we have this fluctuation of vibrations traveling from the instrument going at extremely high speeds into the air slowing down, entering our body through every cell, not just our ears, speeding up through the water, speeding up through our bone um, and interacting with us. It's so beautiful. Mm. It's, and I feel like the, the benefits that people receive, I know I can speak of the benefits that I've received from mm. it. And I've told this, this story before in some of your mm. classes that, Early on, I went to one of your gong baths, your sound baths, and it opened up, it cracked open something inside of me that that night I came home and I was on my gym bay and I was just like drumming. I had the music <laughs> on in my house. It was the middle of winter. I went outside under the stars barefoot and just was dancing mm. in my front yard, you know, um, and till like 11 p.m., <laughs> which is not a norm, but it just felt there was something that came so became so alive within me that, as you mentioned, it's like it's releasing this stuck, this stored energy. And sometimes we may not know that we're holding on to it. We may not know how much we've been consumed with either work or family life or preoccupations from events that have happened, you know, in our lifetimes or, or even just in the, in the now certain seasons that we're going through and to have that opportunity to go to someone who is, you know, proficient in their skill and receive this type of sound, these vibrations, the movement from Kriya Yoga to help release and prepare our body beforehand to, to release whatever, you know, we're holding on to and is tight within us to release that, to get the, the right hemisphere to cross with the left hemisphere. And so, you know, it's opening up creative pathways. It's opening up new neurological pathways. Mm -hmm. We're just primed at that moment also to, you know, rewire the stories that we've been holding on to in mm -hmm. our life. And it's just, it's such a beautiful um, gift. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful moment to, to allow ourselves to go through that experience and to ultimately, uh, you know, allow ourselves to release any of those, um, old paradigms mm -hmm. and you know some people may cry in a sound bath you'll see um maybe people are laughing mm -hmm. there's there's imagery that may pop up for them that gives them new meaning or an answer to something mm -hmm. that they have had as a question in their mm -hmm. life not knowing how to move forward and something all of a sudden clarity comes mm -hmm. to the forefront of them mm -hmm. um and it's yeah so it's just you know it's such a beautiful experience i'm so grateful for you uh, having led me through that. Mm. I'm curious to know maybe from some of the students that you've worked with, what have been some of their stories that they've shared with you? Mm, so many. And really, I, like, I, I'd like to mention that it's a really powerful dynamic when you come to a sound bath in a group setting because it's, a, it's an individual, it's individual work amplified by the support of a group. So everyone in a sound bath is having their own individual experience. Um, and that may be a wide variety of things. Um, it may be what you're calling in, maybe what you're letting go of. Um, it could be letting go of trauma or a story or a paradigm that no longer serves. 
It could also just be clearing out and opening up space for new creativity to flow in, new energy, new perspective, new levels of awareness. So I find that it's like this, um, it works for what you want to call in and also what you want to let go because it's basically opening up the channels of information. You know, as, as humans, and I'll just speak for myself, is I never know where the next creative solution is going to come from. Like, where do ideas come from, right? And it's this concept of push versus pull, right? So much of, of how I show up in the world is to do, 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 get, 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 instead of relax and attract, mm -hmm. attract, attract. Mm -hmm. So sound baths are really, I think, a beautiful opportunity to release, to relax, to surrender, to trust, and be open to what magic comes in. Yeah. You know? It's so good. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of the things, too, I feel in our Western culture that we've been raised in this environment and in this society that is is that. It's, it's about succeeding and it's about getting and it's about making it happen and now we're seeing some of us this shift in that there is another way to um to manifest and create your life or live your life by design and to being open to exploring that realm and allowing as you mentioned some of the magic to happen beginning to have put trust in the process mm -hmm. and seeing what unfolds for us, you know, in a very synchronistic way. And um, these healing modalities, as you mentioned, sound bath, Kriya Yoga, um, I, breath work mm -hmm. is so important mm -hmm. as well, um, are in meditation and mm -hmm. it's yoga in general. It's just, there's so many different ways mm -hmm. to, live such a healthy life and um, be open to what is available mm -hmm. to us in that sense. Mm -hmm. So, so beautiful. Yeah. Um, can you also, so I've been to, again, some of your sound baths and I would like to direct the conversation to some of your, some of the things that you talk about in sound baths. So for example, resonance, dissonance and entrainment and the, the benefits of them, of each one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so resonance, you know, we, we often say in our American English language, right? Oh, that resonates with me, right? Mm -hmm. It's so it's a, it's a, it's a word that is commonly used where like I, there's an agreement. There is a, a synergy when something resonates. Um, same thing in when we're talking about musical instruments or tones, there's a, a resonance between the instruments that we play and the body. So if you take the crystal bowls, for example, um, they're tuned to a specific musical note and a specific chakra. Um, and at the high speeds of these crystal tones emanating and circling the room, they do this great job of, of disentangling, of smoothing out the edges. And when we can smooth out the edges with some of these instruments, we are then more open to be tuned in or attuned to a more resonant state. So resonance is a, is a big one. Um, and it also connects to our left and right um, brain hemispheres, which you mentioned earlier. So much of our perceived imbalances in the world start in the brain and starts in the imbalance between the two hemispheres. 
Um, so much of breath work, so much of, of yoga is to really manage and balance the two hemispheres. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the left and the right hemispheres are in resonance, um, or when there is heart resonance between you and someone else, there is this sweet spot. Mm-hmm. There is this, mm-hmm. um, and uh, on, the, on the flip side, we can also feel it when there's dissonance. Oh. And I think one one of the most fascinating things is is not saying that I'm a I'm an expert by any means, but I am dedicated to the path of awareness. And mm-hmm. I think all of us can dig deeper on what happens on the inside. Um, really understand our inner landscape, what makes us tick, what makes us react, what are our tools available to to calm our our inner beings, you know. We have a million ways to work out, to look good externally, to look outside of ourselves. Um, and I'm just, I'm grateful to create yoga and sound healing and, and the work that I do is like just provide an opportunity for people to, to look at this inner landscape. Um, yeah. And it's, it's happening at the, the same time as all this plant medicine work, which mm-hmm. is another tool. Like, so we're, it's really an, an incredible time where yeah. there, we have so many new ways to look, um, internally. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some of the, um, dissonance though, talking about the benefits of dissonance. So mm-hmm. we like, we understand the importance of resonance, um, when there is dissonance in a sound bath, mm. what can that provide for us? What is the benefit of that? Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I would say as quickly as the right sound or a, maybe, maybe not right, but a soothing sound um, may shift our consciousness, may shift us into a more parasympathetic nervous system state. Um, so can dissonance, you know, when there is something dissonant or jarring or something our brain or body doesn't expect, it feels a different surge of energy. And, and that energy often can create a new neural pathway or a new thought pattern. So it's not like, oh, we just want to create a feel good mm-hmm. sound bath. Um, I just want to be bathed in bliss. It's like, gosh, this sound really aggravates me. And boy, oh boy, I sure need an aggravating. In a sound bath, we use over 30 instruments. We are creating billions of vibrations, billions of tones, overtones, undertones, binaural tones. Um, Some of these, your body is gonna love and some of them, your body won't. Um, But it's this dance between harmonics, resonance, dissonance that moves energy through us. And so part of what we're doing with resonance and dissonance is unblocking energy. Mm. Um, it's not just about feeling good. Um, although that's typically the overall effect we're, yeah. we're going for. Well, and it's allowing different emotions to surface, mm. right? So you may feel really joyful and happy and a lot of gratitude, but then with this uh, dissonance, you know, maybe there's some feelings of like aggravation or even anger that's been living inside of you that you're not necessarily giving yourself the time to look at. And all of a sudden, as you've mentioned, when, when you're in a group environment, it allows you this time to 
be in with other people. There's a sacred space. There's a dedicated space mm -hmm. that you've set aside. Like I'm getting emotional talking about it right now. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You've set aside for yourself to come in and and process and look at certain things. And I remember um, it wasn't. It was a. It was combined breath work, conscious connected breath work, and a sound bath that I went to. And this was probably about a year ago that I was going through something and. You know, we all went around the room beforehand and people were talking about like, I just, I'm feeling creative and I'm feeling joyful and I'm feeling so much gratitude. And it got to me and I was like, I'm feeling angry. Mm -hmm. And I, I had shame around mm -hmm. that emotion mm -hmm. because at the time I was going through something, but at the end of it, it was a really beautiful opportunity for me to release mm -hmm. and also to understand that when we're in a group environment, there is, we're, we are as you mentioned, yoga means union. Mm. We are one. Mm. We are a, we are a collective. Mm. And with that collective, there's duality. There's, mm -hmm. there is the, you know, there's the joy and there's the sadness. Mm -hmm. And so for me to carry that emotion for the collective at that time, mm -hmm. you know, that was my place at the time mm -hmm. to, to, to feel that and to be that mm -hmm. emotion and to work through it. And, um, so, so just kind of going back into that with the with the the dissonance that there's an opportunity for us to look at things that we may not necessarily want to look at and that's that's part of the process right, right. it's right. part of the journey so much yeah right. so oftentimes not always but we'll uh, create some time for sharing after some classes and yeah I'm, I'm always um very intrigued when people share like I have no idea but all this anger surfaced mm. where did this come from mm. so this this concept that these emotions can be released without our knowing mm -hmm. is fascinating right and I think it's you know up to each of us individually to know how we we maintain um and release stuck energy. I think mm -hmm. it's it's something we don't have a whole lot of tools in our society. Um, but when someone um, can experience a new emotion um, that's released and to be the witness, to be the observer and to either confront it or to let it go, uh, it puts this responsibility into our own hands. You know, we're not blaming um, someone else for the way that I'm feeling, taking responsibility for um, doing the practices, fine-tuning our awareness, and then letting it go. You know? Right, right, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I think also just to kind of touch on that too, this is getting more into energetics, but if someone, for as an example, it may not have been in this case, but just th that, that emotion of I didn't know that I had this anger within me and I was feeling this. Sometimes it may not necessarily be ours, mm -hmm. but it can be the collective mm -hmm. of, of either the collective of the room or the collective of, of, you know, society or the collective of our environment. Um, if we get into energetics, emotions have a frequency as well. And so what we're doing essentially by allowing those emotions to surface is transmuting them and mm. shifting them from one energetic, you know, field into a, another one. That's, you know, actually the goal of this is to shift ourselves into a higher frequency and to have ourselves, you know, receiving vibrations that are, that are up, up, 
like upward expanding and, and expansive for mm-hmm. ourselves. And then ultimately that's how I see it mm-hmm. for the collective that we're able to, you know, collectively mm-hmm. the collective consciousness is able to, to heal and to spiral upward mm-hmm. sort of how I see this whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. Right. And I think it's fascinating. It's like when we can recognize when we are carrying something, not our own or mm-hmm. something of the collective and and as that comes through us and go, wow, this isn't really me or mine, but it's really alive. In mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just recognizing that mm-hmm. very fascinating. Um, I love words so much. And I, whenever I hear a word, I, I just make it lights up my brain. And when you said the word transmute, mm-hmm. um, well, trans, um, it comes from Sanskrit the same mantra, the T-R-A in mantra is the same T-R-A in transmute. Uh, it means transport or tool. And then mute means to change, but it also means to be quiet. Um, so I think to break that part and just looking like a, a tool to change or a tool to be quiet. Um, Interesting. It's like a pretty beautiful yeah. way to look at that word. You know? Completely. Mm-hmm. Kevin, will you talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you've um, that you've built now with your mm. sound healing and the the business that you've built around mm. it, and some of the things that you're offering within the community? Mm, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, and it really, I want to, you know, I want to thank the pandemic. You know, we mm-hmm. have so, we have so, <laughs> we have so many bad things to say about the pandemic, but it really um, it created this very obvious need that um, in my opinion, we need a lot more resources to deal with mental health um, and not not the extreme mental health issues, but the extreme mental health issues that fluctuate inside of us on a daily basis. And especially in, in the face of a pandemic, how do we, how do we balance our minds? So it, it was really you know, grateful to the pandemic to point out, wow, we are all losing it to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And what tools do we have? Mm-hmm. Um, and out of that, so many things were born. Collaborations with so many amazing local musicians. And this aha moment that music is such a divine gift in every shape and form. And almost everyone listens, loves, absorbs music to a certain degree. And so grateful for the people that have dedicated their lives to the mastery of their craft and their instrument or their music. And with all that being said, I've noticed so much of music, um, if done a little bit more intentionally in a little bit more of a sacred container, has this incredible effect on healing. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of playing um, for a bar, nothing against all of that, but bringing it into a space that also has movement and meditation and a container to work on stuff, to mm-hmm. create stuff, to let go of stuff. Um, it's been an absolute joy working with all types of, of artists um, and not just musicians, but um, dance teachers yeah. and different world spiritual traditions because it all works with sound. Everything, it seems like everything couples with sound, art and sound, children and sound, memory care and sound, corporate wellness and sound, um, you know, sound um, in a different shape or form at a festival. Um, I've just loved how um, flexible my offerings are 
in also just relating to other people's arts and crafts. So it's yeah, been a real joy watching you on this journey and seeing how you have been growing and how you've been servicing the community so much. Mm. You just also wrote a children's book mm. as well. Yeah, it's called Om. It's got seven M's and it's a story <laughs> nice. about a young boy who is deaf who mm. learns to hear through his heart mm. and that each m represents a a magic movement mystical uh, mandala different m's as he uh, discovers how to hear through his heart so um it's been a joy to release and i've also um from next year i'm, I'm launching a program that is kids kriya so it's kids movement storytelling and a sound bath using this book as kind of the centerpiece. Um, and it, um, and just the few offerings I've had so far, seeing this opportunity for a, a parent or a guardian and a child to have this experience with a story, planting some, some interesting concepts, but then to go into the sound bath where things slow down and then have a parent and child look at each other and go, where did I just go? Yeah. And, um, and then ask a lot of questions where, where like, what just happened to my mind? Where did I go? And what can I learn from this experience? So, and then you just also got back from India. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your trip there and your trips there. You've been a few times, right? Yeah. Um, a couple times, but it's been a, um, it's been a, a year of travel and training but I just got back from 10 days at an ashram. It was my first experience at an ashram. Um, and uh, uh, to work with a living master with people from all over the world dedicated to this practice and then taking them back to their, their communities is, is amazing. Like, uh, it's amazing so many people from um, Ukraine and, and Russia uh, were a part of the training. And so many of them are, are learning these uh, modalities and then taking them back to to war torn areas where there's so much release um, and, and integration and processing yeah. that needs to happen. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's just like, India is far, especially yeah. from Central Oregon. Yeah. And it is very foreign. And it is, um, you know, it'll either, um, you know, like hold you like a newborn child or spit you out. It's, mm. um, it's a world of, of extremes. It's also a world so rich with diversity. There are over 9,000 dialects. Mm -hmm. um, when the British colonized, they basically had 500 kingdoms that were separated. And mm -hmm. I compare that to Native Americans in the, in the U.S. And, and, uh, and then this minimum 10,000-year-old history of, of the Vedas and, and yoga. And then to see this, this spiritual engine interact with chaos. And mm -hmm. how, like, how does any of this <laughs> and then I look at the chaos of my own entity mm. and I'm like, well, I am both the sacred and the chaotic. Mm. So why not have India um, be a, a beautiful teacher and all of that? So well put. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's mm. so true. It's like a beautiful representation of, of us mm -hmm. and of the world and of who we are. Wow. That's really, it's really and it Profound, really, yeah. and just the observation of like knowing that we do, we are both serenity and chaos, right? Mm -hmm. In one, and just 
getting chills just even thinking about it, but how much of our energy is to put on a projection or a story to look or act a certain way? Mm-hmm. What if we just act, acted a little bit more chaotic like India does, you know? <laughs> what if we dressed a little bit more colorfully and yeah. acted a little bit more wildly and, so and danced and chanted in the streets? What would, uh, what, what would it look like? What, what, Let's find out. Like you, 11 p.m. after that sound bath. That's right. right. <laughs> but look how joyful I was, right? right? And so joyful. Like, yeah, and that's the ultimate goal is joy and happiness and just you know, liberating ourselves from, from that, liberating mm. the mind and mm-hmm. allowing peace to ensue. Mm-hmm. So right. good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. Is there, so what's next for you? What's, what's the ultimate, um, you know, your next year or five years from now? Where um, do you see yourself? Oh my gosh. What a wonderful question. Well, um, focusing so much on what is around the corner. So, um, early, uh, next, next year, mid January, we're expanding our offerings, um, to still water yoga. Um, so we'll be offering, um, Kriya and sound bath, standalone Kriya classes and a standalone mm-hmm. group meditation. Great. There, and we're also really excited to um, launch our training, which is going to weave Kriya and sound. So um, basically, the, the human body is an instrument, and there are a million sound healing instruments. So weaving this journey of of uh, attuning, tuning, fine tuning this instrument, and to find an instrument that helps deliver that um, to those around us. Um, so. Really excited about the training, um, rolling out the kids' programs, really excited to work with kids in schools, and uh, also introducing memory care yoga. That's great. Um, and just so many collaborations and festivals and retreats that are, are lining up. Um, we have a brand new podcast, so type in Soundshala um, into Spotify for access to that. And you can visit soundshala.com for our weekly classes and schedules so great kevin it's been so wonderful having you here on the podcast this morning is there anything else you'd like to add in for any of our listeners Mm, yeah there's one thing that um so a lot of people well if you've never been to a sound bath Mm -hmm. please come um thank you for trying something new if you've never been um but also i have found in this community um, and in many communities, a, a lot of people treat a sound bath as an experience mm-hmm. and it is, it's a wonderful thing to, to go and have an experience. And a lot of people um, really think of this in terms of a, a one-off, I'm going to go and have an experience versus a laboratory where you're going to commit to a practice to do the inner work. So I recommend at least six weeks. Mm. Um, but if you've got something that you're working on, if you've got something that you want to call in, something that you want to get through, transition through, let go of, um, committing to a certain number of times, holding that same intention, and then being that witness over the journey. You know, a, a sound bath isn't a, a one and done, um, but to observe the the mind-body-spirit over something like six weeks is going to be extremely revealing. Um, so I invite you to, to come inside your own inner laboratory and face the, the comfortable and the uncomfortable and see how things change over, over the journey. 
That's such great advice, Kevin. Thank you so much. Mm. Yeah. And even if, if we may not be in the Bend, Oregon area, there are other facilitators, right? So finding a facilitator perhaps in, in their area. Um, yeah. Again, being introduced at retreats mm. or, you know, however it may be, but, um, but definitely you considering to utilize it as a part of your mm. toolbox right. and healing modality. And, um, as, as we continue on this journey, mm. um, they're, yeah, they're just beautiful, beautiful, comforting, supportive, um, ways to look inside. And mm. so, and I've been really grateful to you mm. also for introducing sound baths, um, to me, and then also to helping me evolve as a sound practitioner, mm. Um, on my journey as well. So I want to say thank you for that. And it's been a pleasure also playing alongside you at some of your um, offerings as well. And so, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really grateful um, to you and this community. Um, and, and like Jenny just said, you know, like any yoga class or fitness class, you know, every teacher is going to be different, especially in the world of, of sound healing. There's going to be different instruments and different ways instruments are played, different ways the body is prepped. So try out different teachers. Mm -hmm. um, what helps you drop in and is most supportive for you? You know, my, my class may not be it, you know, but someone else um, might be. So I would say try a few out, see what works. Also try it a few times. There's a muscle memory with this beautiful concept of dropping in and what that looks like and feels like. So yeah, try several, um, be open to the, the vast um, realms that the, the human mind can explore in these types of settings. And also don't un underestimate um, the power of, of changing stories and current conditions with the, the use of vibration and sound. Ooh, love it, so good. Mm. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you to everyone that's been listening to this podcast. We hope that you have found this information useful, inspiring, and um, you'll be able to find Kevin's website here. I'll um, type it in on the in the sound, um, or sorry, excuse me, in this in the show notes. But it's also soundshala.com. And we invite you to subscribe and share this content with at least one person who would also like to live their life by design and increase their vitality. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.